A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, And me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. Hey there. I'm Dr. Maya Shunker, and I'm a scientist who studies human behavior. Many of us have experienced a moment in our lives that changes everything, that instantly divides our life into a before and an after. On my podcast, A Slight Change of Plans, I talk to people about navigating these moments. Their stories are full of candor and hard-won wisdom. And you'll hear from scientists who teach us how we can be more resilient in the face of change. Listen on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi, I'm Vanessa Bayer, and this is my brother, Jonah. We're two siblings who love to talk about our childhood and nostalgia and how it shaped it into the people we are today. Who are extremely elegant, if I do say so myself. Welcome to How Did We Get Weird? Now, Jonah... I think I'd like to call today the birthday episode. Yeah. Because my 40th birthday is coming up, which is wild. I can't believe it. But I'm also feeling really just so grateful, you know, that I get to do this incredible podcast with you. And it feels very like apropos that like we, you know, get to talk about our childhood and nostalgia every week. Yeah, totally. Happy early birthday. I know it's coming up November 14th. I spent my 40th birthday finishing up chemotherapy, so not the funnest That's birthday. That's right. That's right. And and how are you doing, Jonah? I'm doing great. I'm doing really great. Doing fine now. And not to brag to the listeners, but both of the Bayer kids have had one form or another of leukemia, but um, didn't really know we were going to start. This. Yeah, a little bit of a, a downer way to start it, but I figured <laughs> we take it down a little and then we kind of like bring, bring it right, it right up. up. Yeah, yes. to talk about how awesome your 40th birthday is going to be. 
Well, I just wanted to say that one of the most thrilling things about doing this podcast with you, Jonah, is hearing, you know, that anybody at all is listening to it, but especially that people are listening to it who we actually grew up with, who are enjoying it and who have gotten in touch, you know, after we've done certain episodes to kind of give updates on things that we've discussed. And so I wanted to give some updates that I've heard that have really thrilled me um, about things that we've talked about. The first thing being, um, I think I mentioned a few episodes ago that James Kung was the only person in my fourth grade class who didn't sign the smoke-free class of 2000 certificate that he would never smoke. And, you know, I was always curious if he if he ever tried smoking or not. And I found out that he actually did try smoking in college and he hated wow. it. But he was so glad that he never signed the certificate certificate because he would have broken it. And um, I found that out because he heard it through the Orange High School grapevine. I guess Spencer Lappin heard the podcast. He told Josh Fellenbaum about it. Josh told James. So really exciting update there, you know? Cool. Yeah, that's very exciting. I also spoke to Chrissy Zatrock and she was telling me about some of her favorite things from the podcast. And one of them, Jonah, was she was really one of her favorite things was was you talking about the price gouging of slices of pizza in middle school. Yeah, that's something I have carried with me, actually. Uh, $1.50 for a slice of Domino's. You know, the school isn't even making the pizza. They're just reselling it. And $1.50 doesn't sound like a lot for a slice of pizza now, but in the 90s, that yeah. like, feels like five bucks for a slice of pizza. Well, you know, because you were two grades above us, just think about like, I hope you don't think your work was for naught because it's like we were coming into the school and you were already fighting that important battle. Re- the pizza. Yeah. I mean, it didn't get much further than me saying this is too expensive and them saying then then don't you don't have to buy it. <laughs> right. That was basically the whole thing. I didn't I could. I, you kind of put the idea in the air, you know, that. Like, yeah. Well, I kind of put it out there like just because we're kids, we're not going to, you know, pay whatever you say for Domino's pizza just just because it's there. Yes, exactly. Pr- probably I would. I mean. Yeah. I also think it was weird that we couldn't leave campus because I feel that really limited our options. Well, when we were in middle school, though, that would have been kind of. This was I'm pretty sure it was in high school. I'm pretty sure this was in high school. Okay. well, I think it happened in both schools. Maybe both schools. Okay. Um, another thing. I think I got more into the activism of it in high school. Oh, got it. Okay. well, either way, you were two years ahead. So you were kind of plowing. You were were kind of charting the course and putting it in the air that we were getting ripped off. And then I also wanted to talk about, you know, a few episodes ago, I talked about how when I was a camp counselor, one of my campers, they named an American Girl doll after. They saw her at the the Chicago American Girl doll store and they said, we like your style. We like your attitude. What's your name? And my true favorite camper of all time, Susan Breitenbach, got in touch with me and said that that camper's name was Kit. So the camper, so if anyone buys a Kit American Girl doll, that doll is named after my camper. Now, is she only my camper? No, she was a lot of people's camper. And and she's also her own person, Kit. I thought that was pretty fun. What are the chances maybe this camper just saw an American Girl girl doll named Kit and was like, this one's made after me? I know that there are chances that that's true, but I'm just, I'm, what I want to tell you is that this was like a very honest, sweet camper. I don't believe she would have made it up. Okay. And believe me, they weren't all like that. My campers. Most of them were. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah. I don't really have as many updates, unfortunately. I'm not as in touch with the Orange High School 
crew, although I do talk to our friend Mikey Daniels sometimes. He sent me a text saying he's enjoying the podcast. Yeah. And, you know, Mikey Daniels has for many years been kind of your main source of. Yeah. He kind of gives me updates. I think he goes by Michael now. (laughs) Well, I think we'll always call him Mikey. (laughs) Yeah. But yeah. So I get some update. He's like my one friend from high school who will say, um, you know, this person is doing this or this person's doing this other weird thing or. Yeah. um, Or this person's in prison or whatever it is. But. Right usually good things yeah yeah so um yeah but i don't have as much i feel like you're much more kind of connected to that world well i've got a lot of friends who kind of keep me updated Uh, you know main shout out to andy green but a lot of people so yeah well i'm sure they're all gonna be wishing you a happy 40th birthday thank you so much speaking of a happy 40th birthday how happy am i to have our next guest in my life Our guest today is a very close friend and one of my favorite people in the world. You may know him from the many years we spent together on Saturday Night Live. If you're a millennial or generation, whatever comes after that, you may know him from starring in the Disney Channel original movie, Stuck in the Suburbs, which he gave me a copy of for my 30th birthday. You may know him from starring in shows like Single Parents or more recently as in FX's Impeachment or from his film work. For example, the film Killing Gunther, which he wrote and directed. And how about when he starred in Hamilton on Broadway as King George? And I saw it at least three times and I cried every time. Please welcome this unbelievably talented and unbelievably kind. He's my friend and my work husband. Please welcome Taryn Killam. Wow. I can't ask for a better intro than that. And, and and for the listeners, well, first of all, let me just say, such an honor to be on the podcast. I am a huge friend. <laughs> friend and fan. Friend from the intro, fan from listening. I've heard every episode, so those, those updates I sincerely appreciate. And I'm such a fan. I believe that this is at least the second time that Jonah's probably confused a middle school and high school experience <laughs> like he did with Battle of the Bands. That is true. It all kind of blends together for me. <laughs> You're right. You're right. I trust and I mean, and, and, and Kit is a very famous American Girl doll. Kit is that's the one they did the movie after. Really? Yeah. They, uh, starring Abigail Breslin. I'm near certain. Wow. I wonder if I could get in touch somehow with this camper through my camper Susan or something like this. By the way, these are all like full adults now and I keep calling them my campers. Um, (laughs) But I wonder if I could get in touch and like get more information on this because I I really be a real scoop. Yeah, I I really think it's true. Yeah. Well, Kit was pretty big with Taryn with Knight Rider, right? Wasn't that the the car's name? Kit was the name. Yeah, exactly. It was the 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 acronym for the name of the car, K I T T. But I believe that Kit from American Girl Doll is just K I T. Gotcha. And and Vanessa, thank you for that intro because I did take notes because obviously a lot of our mutual friends have been on the podcast already publicly. Yes. Um, Beck got all time favorite. Bobby, he got best in the biz. Okay, okay, okay. <laughs> Matt Rogers, electrifying new star. Okay, okay, okay. And then Fred Armisen, honestly an icon. <laughs> so, but I will say, I'm, I, I don't disagree with any of those, and I'm very flattered and satisfied with that intro. So thank you. I, I'm so happy because you did, before we started recording, you did say... The intros that you've been giving have been pretty flattering. Well, Vanessa did say you're one of her favorite people in the world. That's pretty good. Like literally no complaints. Like if anything, you pulled the rug out from under me 
in my bit to like be like to gripe about hey but it was like no oh she's that's right she's one of my best friends and she was very nice to me in in the intro (laughs) and i can't wait to celebrate her 40th birthday party in a week that's themed kids incorporated Now, Taryn, that's a great segue because we were going to talk to you today about Kins Incorporated. But then we thought, because my birthday's coming up and that kind of takes precedence over, honestly, everything, <laughs> we would we would make this kind of like the birthday episode. I love it. And so, you know, I just to start, do you remember like a favorite birthday party from when you were growing up? I had a lot. There was, there was like one very informative one, which I think was my sixth birthday party which was at our house uh, down in Redondo Beach. And like, it was just like, it, it was just sort of, it, you've seen the movie Parenthood, right? Of course, I've seen, I've seen the original one. Yeah, that's the one I'm referencing. And there's a big birthday party there. It, 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 it felt like that kind of party. Tons of kids, pinata, uh, snacks, games, competition, prizes. And, wow. and so that was, that was a really happy one. And that, and I was, I've kind of been chasing that dragon ever since to the point where in my, for my 18th birthday party, I got my parents to rent a bounce house and then, and we, we had a bounce house and like, and we rented a dance floor with all like music from my childhood. And then we played like games like bobbing (laughs) for apples and pin the tail on the donkey and stuff like that. And it was like. The energy was like, isn't this ironic and dumb and hilarious and stupid? But really, in my heart, I was I was like chasing m- m- my my boyhood down. Well, it does seem like you were really doing a lot of. I, I don't mean this in a negative way, but like juvenile. You're hesitating so much; it feels like it's going to come out that way. I just like with the bouncy hat. Like, how many adults can even go in one of those without? We got eight easy. We did not. We did not adhere to like the the waiver policy that we signed. <laughs> okay, but did it feel scarier because like your bodies are bigger? And oh you can yeah, really... we, we. I think we got it tipped on its side once, and that felt like yeah, a real win. like a win. Okay, yeah. okay. So you guys were just you didn't care. You weren't you weren't there to be safe. You were there to have fun. We were freaking red. You know, t- teenage young adult freaking punks. Right, Jonah? Totally. To Sounds super punk. Yeah. And you freaking push that bounce house on its side. Wow! The music you were listening to, was it like Raffi or was it just like music that was popular when you yeah, were Yeah, no, not, no, not like childlike. It was like, yeah, the popular hits from like, you know, Michael Jackson and the Thriller album. You know, it was a different time. Um, up to like, I was a very big boy band fan, but then I was also a very big sublime fan. And then I also like had two older sisters who are eight and 10 years older than me and they loved like hair metal bands. So it was like, right, right, we were right. running the gamut. You know, something that I always say about you, Taryn, is that you could have so easily been in a boy band. Thank you so much. And you, as you know, <laughs> I think I've shared with you. I think you've told me this, but I'd love to hear it again. It would have been my dream. And part of the reason that I pitched Kids Incorporated is because I feel like that show, and we'll just cover it briefly and I'll move on, that <laughs> <laughs> that show like launched this desire to be part of like a performing troupe all the kids incorporated or even mickey mouse club and then certainly like boy bands took over 
late middle school, early high school. And I think I was in middle school when my mom somehow secured an audition for a generic record executive. Like, I literally don't even know what his role was. He was just like a guy that worked at Capitol. He honestly could have been the accountant. But my mom arranged for me to quote unquote audition for him, which was just me and him and my mom in his office and me singing Cindy Lauper's True Colors to him. Because it's my birthday's coming up. Let me sing a little bit of it. Taryn, come on. I see your true colors shining through. I see your true colors, and that's why I love you. So don't be afraid to let them show your true color, true colors are beautiful like a rainbow wow taryn that was amazing put me in a boy band i feel like yeah you would be such a natural for a boy you're band. so sweet uh, uh, being that my 40th is not far behind yours i feel like that ship has sailed <laughs> just in just in sort of the defining adjective of boy band but it was definitely a missed opportunity. And I think all the times Timberlake hosted when we were on SNL, he yeah. could sense it. Yeah. He could sense it. He could sense that, oh, this was a kindred. This was a kindred slash possible threat. <laughs> <laughs> no, totally. You guys really had an energy between you of like, you guys really got along, I, I would say. But also there was like a boundary of like, don't try and get into my territory. Okay, don't try and get into my territory. You know, I, it's like he, he's an all-time host, right? Like he's a five-timer. He's he's one of the best SNL hosts ever, and it and it was. I will go as far as to say mutual appreciation because I did grow up like NSYNC was probably the favorite of the boy bands. Okay, and justified in all his solo stuff. I'm all about, but there were moments where I'd have to be like, mm, I think this would be funnier. And then inversely, he helped with some music things where I was like, could it be like this? And I really watch. I got to see sort of the the master part of him go. Uh, that's not how it goes, and it's going to sound better here. And that was a really cool exchange. I bet. And maybe you know I love karaoke. It's one of my favoriteest things in well, the world. Well, you were the and king it, of karaoke at SNL. And like my favorite after afters were me hosting at Boho Karaoke on West Fourth. Shout out. Um, and we'd go till literally four or five in the morning. And but one of like the best karaoke experiences was me rapping coolio's part of gangster's paradise while timberlake sang the hook for me in that wow well you know you know what i i remember doing karaoke with him and always being like because was he always the musical guest when he would host not always not right? Or always was, not always but he could do it he could do it for sure but i feel like it, sometimes he would host and you'd like have such a fun week whatever and then like we would do karaoke with him. And I remember being like, oh my God, I forgot how good he is at that. Yeah. <laughs> singing. Yeah. yeah. You know, he's a singer. He's a freaking singer. And he's 40 <laughs> already. I'm 42. So we're probably around the same age. And you and guys are so similar. Jonah. So similar. So similar. <laughs> uh, Taryn, I have to say, one of my favorite musical things you did on the show was your uh, Eminem impression. 
Thanks, dude. That was fantastic. That I feel like that was me and Jay in our first season, maybe. And like it was a very interesting process because it was definitely the first time I performed like my piece and felt it do very well. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's terminology behind the scenes. It's like, you know, you're always trying to chase you're always trying to kill. You really want to kill in front of the audience. And I remember that that update ended up feeling like, oh, this is what everybody's talking about, which was like a great feeling, but also then made you feel like everything you'd done before. <laughs> it's like, like it, it just put it into perspective. It calibrated it. But I had I had been assigned an Eminem impression before and like it was just like given to me in somebody else's piece. And Andy Samberg, after the piece, was like, nice try, buddy. Nobody can do an Eminem or something like that. It was like some <laughs> sort of challenge of like, and, and maybe that's not even fair. Maybe it was more like it's really hard to do Eminem or something like that. And me in my spiteful way was like, I'll show you. <laughs> and also I shared a dressing room with Jay Farrow, whose uh, who, who's ringer on his phone was the Lil Wayne Eminem mashup, like what is love that, you know, and it, and it would be like. Um, it would just every time it would ring, it'd be like, "Come on, um, and so like I started doing that bit with Jay, and and it was good, and we wrote the update, and it went okay at the table, and then we did it at 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 camera blocking, and the update people came up and they said, um, "Listen, we uh we wanted to cut this, we were gonna cut it because we just don't think it's working," and Lauren said you guys should try it just so that you should see what it's like for things to kind That's of so fall wild. flat. Okay. That's an insane thing to say to you. It was crazy. And it was like, okay. And it, and that again wrote, lit another fire where Jay and I from camera blocking to dress rehearsal went back into our dressing room and kind of like rewrote it, like, like, like changed like five jokes and then just really kind of shortened it. So we're like, if anything, it'll be short and sweet um and then it dressed it did very well and and it and it live air too so thank you jonah yeah let's go to a commercial garbage.com <laughs> click on garbage one click they come and get your your garbage i listen to the podcast i was gonna say taryn do you want to throw out a commercial and you did wow kids will learn from you dad how does an airplane work dad how do you drive a car dad what's this <laughs> we'll be right back. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Stadsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for the eligible bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. 
I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. I wanted to talk a little bit more about birthday parties because this is the birthday episode and I'm not going to let anyone forget it. <laughs> Jonah, one of my favorite birthday parties of yours, and I don't know if you remember this, was we all went to see the movie Singles. You took about five of your friends. Mom and dad and I went with you. We weren't allowed to sit in the same row as you. We had to sit like five rows behind you. And we all saw the the movie Singles. Do you remember that? Vaguely. I feel like I remember it more... Because uh, I've talked about it? Because you've talked about it. <laughs> but it sounds like something I would do. I mean, I think that, that movie came out probably early to mid-90s. Alison Chains was in it. The Chris Cornell, Eddie Vedder, all those guys were in it. Great film. Amazing soundtrack, too. What would you say, Jonah, was your favorite birthday? Is there one that you remember liking more than the Singles birthday party? I remember one birthday going to like a baseball card show. With like a bunch of my friends. Right, right. I was really into baseball cards. So that was really exciting. I felt like, the, and they think I like, they gave everyone like five bucks or something to spend on baseball cards, which probably seemed like a lot of money. I don't really have a strong connection to my childhood birthday parties. I feel like you're better at remembering this stuff. Well, I, I mean, look, I had some really incredible birthday parties. I'm not saying that you didn't, Jonah. Sure. But um but I but I just remember being I think I was really invested in them too. You know, I was trying to do like kind of a cocky bit about birthdays and I, I don't mean that. I'm sure we both had wonderful birthday parties, but I would have a lot of I was very a huge fan of sleepover parties. My friends and I loved having sleepover parties. So most of my birthday parties were sleepover parties and there would be some kind of an art project <laughs> that we would all do whether it be making beaded necklaces or one time we got these really big wooden bracelets from and wooden shapes from like, you know, a craft store and you would paint the bracelets 
and paint the shapes and then like glue them together. And basically like I had this huge bracelet that I made. The bracelets, they were like big wooden bangle bracelets. They sound that, like, like the bracelets <laughs> of a 55-year-old woman. Yeah, they do a little bit. I, I, you know, I had pretty involved birthday parties where like we would make art, we would have fun, we would stay up late. And all of my friends basically sleepover parties were where it was at. We would watch that movie April Fool's sometimes. Have you guys ever seen that movie? It's like a scary movie. I've no. no. It's like a scary movie, but at the end, spoiler alert, it's all an April Fool's joke. So all the people that like get killed and stuff were just doing an April Fool's joke. But it was about as scary of a movie as my friends and I could handle. I mean, I guess we had sleepovers all the time, like, but they were they I guess they weren't always birthday parties, but it was usually like five or so of us. And we would watch April Fools, and then we would watch the incredible Mr. Limpet so that we would not be scared. <laughs> We went to sleep. The Don Knotts animated fish joint? <laughs> yes. I cool. mean, I particularly remember doing this. This is Steph Rue's house. We would stay <laughs> We would watch April Fool's. Again, like a scary movie, but honestly, the ending of it should have been, you know, enough to like make us be not scared. Because again, it was all an April Fool's joke. And then we would watch Mr. Limpet. What were the goodie bags like? Just Medicaid cards and... <laughs> dental dental health kits and just a reminder to call your loved ones well you know we we would have a blast darren i i gotta say we would (laughs) we would absolutely have a blast and and you know i would always i would always get a cookie cake that's my favorite kind of cake is cookie cake still to this to this day every year almost without fail i get my best friend Gwen, who you know, who you know well, she always brings me a cookie cake. And now she lives in Santa Barbara and I live in LA. And so we're about two hours apart and she, you know, bless her, she always finds a way to get me a cookie cake on my birthday. And our Mrs. Fields cakes, the same as the original cookie company, which was the which was the cookie cake that was in our mall that then I think got bought out by Mrs. Fields. They're a little different, but I still love them and it, to me, that's the best cake. Taryn, what are your what's your take on cookie cake? What do you think? I'm I'm all about a cookie cake. I think I think ideally I'd like a little ice cream with it. Uh huh. I think that there can be a tendency for a cookie cake to be a little dry. Yeah. You know, there was a lot of cookie cakes at SNL because it was it was Mrs. Fields down in in the basement. Of yeah, Rock that's there, right? where when I was on SNL, uh, Gwen would usually get me cookie cakes from there. Yeah. <laughs> And, and so I dig them. I, I I love you know I love an ice cream cake. I'm not a traditional cake guy myself, and I really love sweets. Like I'm crazy for sweets, but like cake and icing does not do it for me. If it's an icing, I need a cream cheese icing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, and then a cake. I love a pound cake. Okay. I don't love like a traditional chocolate vanilla birthday cake. Talk about geriatric. And and what's in a pound? The pound <laughs> cake. Do you like having that with your, you know, with, with your... What do I mean? <laughs> I'm sorry. I can't hear you over the rattle of your large wooden bracelets. What are you saying? <laughs> What's that kind of cake everyone makes fun of they get for Christmas? It's like a fruit cake. I don't know that I've ever had fruit cake. Is it good? I, I've ne- I don't know that I've ever had like a memorable fruit cake. I think I've seen them. I don't know. I, I would be curious to know like the origins of that. <laughs> Like maybe it's a German thing or something, but they have dates in it. They have like a lot of like dried big chunks of fruit. And I don't remember it being 
pleasurable. Yeah. I have a question for you two about candy now that we're sort of on this subject. Walking my dog with my wife this morning, found a piece of Halloween candy on the floor, still in the cellophane, mm. like an, like a Sour Patch thing or something. And I was like, oh, great. I can eat this. My wife said, it's been outside. It's uh, We're throwing it away. And I felt like I could have eaten it. It's packaged. But what are your thoughts? My, my answer is probably going to disappoint you. Okay. Because my immediate reaction was to agree with you. Yeah, it's wrapped. However... As a parent, my mind goes to an even darker place of like, if you don't know the source of where it came from, like candy tampering, like it's so not realistic, but that would be more my concern than like germs or bacteria. Right. Of like, I get a little too paranoid because candy is such a precious commodity for someone to have just left it out randomly. I go, what's the backstory here? But I agree that things individually wrapped like that saved are good. If it had been smushed and the yeah. wrapping, like say we're dealing with a Snickers, like a mini fun size Snickers, and it's smushed but it's still sealed, I probably wouldn't eat it. Because now the story of it being pressed down by a foot or something is in my head as I consume it. I don't know if that helps you. No, that does help. I think that's I think fair. my final think answer is could be poisoned. You know, it was just Halloween not too long ago. And something that I always really wondered about was, you know, when you're a kid and everyone's like, you have to be careful and check all your candy for razor blades. Now, how does even logistically, first of all, what are you going to put a razor blade in an M&M? How are you going to find a small <laughs> enough razor blade? Second of all, Just the packaging itself. I mean, like... Unsealing through heat, I guess. And then, like, rubber cementing. Like, the effort. But that (laughs) is such a common, like, urban legend. Because I grew up here in California. And that absolutely was, like, the number one concern of Halloween. Is razor blades in the candy. I mean, that was a huge thing when we grew up in Ohio, too. It's just so, like... I don't know. It, It just seems like that would be so much work. And... Now, you mentioned possible poisoning of the candy. Yeah. But that also seems like what would you inject? You would have to still deal with the seal of the package of the wrapper. Totally. I think maybe that that once you're going from like the placement of a razor blade requires full wide mouth packaging. Yeah. Using chemical based (laughs) poisons can be applied via syringe with perhaps a small enough puncture hole. (laughs) naked to the human eye right 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 again not not a realistic concern and not practical and again jonah i my first instinct was to be like eat that candy right but also think about poison razor blades yeah yeah i didn't i actually didn't think about either of those things shame on you I was thinking about what a bummer it was, though, when you went trick-or-treating and then someone had those, like, mini boxes of the sun-kissed raisins, and you're like, yeah, this isn't candy. We had someone, remember, who used to give out, like, pennies or apples or something on our street? Yeah, even that worse. That was such a bummer. It was like, don't try and teach us a lesson on Halloween. Like, get over yourself. Yeah, something really patronizing about that. Yeah. I was a very, very grateful kid. Like, and this ties back into the theme of this episode. That doesn't go against type at all. I, like, we have videos. We have many, many videos of me opening birthday presents. And my reaction, it's so disingenuous, but I think it's, I think the intention is sweet. Like, I didn't want anybody to feel bad about giving something. Like, if someone gives you something, 
I didn't want them to feel bad. So I, there's the, the most famous one in our family is me in our house in Big Bear opening um, flash pajamas from my grandmother, Claire. Now, my grandmother, Claire, was a little kooky. She was everybody's favorite character, but she was a little out of touch in ways. And she always gifted you things that were like three or four years younger then then you should have had okay, them okay and the and the worst version when she re- was when for my 15th birthday she gave me the book everybody poops <laughs> but we have video of me at like 11 or 12 opening up uh pajamas that have flash on them because i like comic booky superhero stuff but they're literally pajamas for a five-year-old child <laughs> and i open them up and I, and my reaction is just like oh my oh my god it's a flash Oh, it's flat. Oh, these are so cool. Oh, these are so cool, Grandma. Thank you. Oh, I love that. I'm I'm wearing these tonight. <laughs> I'm wearing these tonight. Oh, I love it. Thank you, Grandma. Thank you so much. That's so sweet. That's so sweet. <laughs> so my point being, like, apples or pennies, I'd be like, okay, they're thinking out of the box. That's not like... Oh, raisins are yummy. Raisins, these are great because you almost don't... You almost don't want too much candy. <laughs> That is so sweet. I can like actually really envision what that looked like because I I don't know, Jonah, you might, you probably don't know this, but Taryn was in these commercials for the Ringling um, Barnum and Bailey circus when he was like, I did not know that. Yeah. Probably, probably around that age, 11, 11 ish or so. Yeah. And he's really excited in those commercials and you can find them online. I'm sure we could find them, but He's really like, he's like, whoa, like he gets sucked into the circus or something. Is that what happens? Pretty much. Pretty much. Yeah. But it's so thrilling to see like a young Taryn, really great actor already, just like so enthusiastic about the circus. Yeah. He he couldn't believe it. It was like a lot of early blue screen stuff. So I go like, yo. And then they like zoom my body up in this white void room and I go, catch this. And my face morphs into like a tiger. And then I'm in the cage of the motorcycle cage and my head is spinning 360 degrees. And then they shoot me out of a cannon and I'm like, whoa, and I grab onto a trapeze. And it's like, it's, it's, it probably sounds maybe cooler than it actually looks because it's so like cheaply made, but it aired all the time. It aired it like they, they used that commercial for honestly a decade every time Ringling Brothers went into town we had you know friends and family all over the country they'd be like oh the circus is coming back to town i mean it, it is a very i i would say i didn't know it was cheaply made it looks very cool and especially for that time i feel like it looks really incredible and i i'm again as i said at the beginning of this podcast i'm feeling really grateful as my 40th birthday comes up and this is just another example of this that like one of the greatest things truly from my time at SNL is like how it connected me to certain people that I would have never met otherwise. And Taryn and I, <laughs> like the fact that like Taryn was like doing these commercials, he's from California, he's a cool dude that like you had such a more like showbiz background. And even when we got to SNL, it was like, you know, you you had already been on so many shows and you just like you kind of like understood the biz so well and you just like knew what was going on and I fully didn't and I just remember us both waiting outside of Lauren's office to be like interviewed kind of by him to talk to him and like it was just like you were you like looked so at ease and you were just like 
you know. That's so nice, Vanessa. That's I mean, I've I've heard you say the thing about like thank goodness for SNL for many reasons, but but particularly for these relationships that otherwise might not have occurred. But I always I always chalk that up to geography more than like Yeah. More more than uh where you're where we were at professionally or personally or whatever. Cause I would say like personally, even bleeding into like professional interests i think the reason you and i connected so quickly is such a shared sensibility shared sense of humor you know like i, I don't know I, I i felt very bonded to you very quickly it's very nice that to, of you to say that i was at ease i mean by the time we met there in the talent office i'd auditioned three times right and like you know and, and so i don't know the ease <laughs> that i would describe it as ease but it was it was maybe surrendered a little bit like listen right <laughs> listen it's you're you're either going to like it or you're not and and it, it, there was sort of a nice bookend process to my SNL audition where like the very first audition was like Charlie and the Chocolate Factory I won a golden ticket I get to they're flying me to New York I get to be in that space my, my favorite show with my favorite comedians of all time and I'm just going to soak in every aspect of it and then, and then each audition after that, like kind of leading up to it, each time they called me back was like, I don't know, somehow became more real or there felt more pressure of like, oh, they're really considering me. Where the first one was like, eh, they're considering a bunch of people, and but I get to be one of them. Then it was like, oh, maybe there's more of a microscope on me. And I know that that's my own thing. But then by the time we met at like sort of the Lorne meeting, I was very much like, Soak it in because it's cool that you got to be considered this much. Right, right, right. And then and then who knew that the best present, birthday or otherwise of all, was my friendship with you. Oh, that's how I feel. I really do. Me too. And the two of us just shot right into the <laughs> podcast sphere. <laughs> now we're doing a podcast. <laughs> and look at us now. We're doing a podcast. And how <laughs> No one else is doing that. So and that's you mean cool. in between writing your own show for Showtime? Come yes. On. yes. Good point. Good point. And also, I want to say something else about Taryn now that we're on this topic is like, I feel like a lot of times Taryn makes me laugh so much. Like, I'm a little kid. Like, I feel like, not that you're my dad, but that like, like one time Taryn did, we were talking about Game of Thrones and Taryn did impressions of everybody on Game of Thrones. Like, he was talking about the episode and he just like, got through like every he could do every he could do every character our producer hans is daring taryn to do them so like impressions wise my strength is not necessary necessarily the audio of it there's actually there's always a video a, a visual uh, proponent you know a face or or a pose or a thing right um, right 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 and i and i can't remember i it like Game of Thrones was our show because we, you were at our house, Kobe and I's house out here for the Red Wedding episode, and that yes, I was really, staying like, with you guys was a freaking gut punch. God, uh, doing all the Game of Thrones, I remember like the one I liked to do, but this was more like trying to get it on the show was uh, every episode of Breaking Bad. I tried to oh, do yeah, it as an yeah, update, yeah, yeah, yeah. and it, yeah. every episode of Breaking Bad is this. Jesse, Jesse, would you please just listen to me? If we focus, we can get out of this. Oh yeah. Cause I'm such a such a dumbass failure, bitch, right? No, no, no. Listen, okay, okay, Jesse, Jesse. I swear, all right. Listen to me. I can, I can save us. Oh yeah, and then I'll just go ahead and mess it up, Mister White. Is is that right? Well, I'm out, Jesse, Jesse. 
That was it. They never got picked. It's so good. That is criminal. <laughs> Taryn, that, that is insane that that never Wait, got picked. You know, um, I also I have- wanted to do it where, where the hair and makeup had to do like half and half, like the right half of my body was, was Brian Cranston and the left half was Aaron Paul so that I could like turn and do it. And I thought that that would be really <laughs> oh dumb and funny, but it would have been incredible. It's a forget. It's a, it's a, it's a competitive place. Y'all. It's hard to get that stuff on. Now, one of my other favorite things, which this is purely visual, so you don't have to do it, is, um, you know, my favorite thing that Taryn would do is he would do an <laughs> a visual impression of, he's doing it right now, of Ian Summerholder. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> and you I don't crossed know if you paths know. with Summerholder. Did I? I thought you guys did Watch What Happens Live together, or did you see him on? Watch I saw what him Live? on Watch What Happens Live, I'm and this is the story. But the, I was going to tell that story right now, which is that he was on Watch What Happens Live or something like that. But I think it was Watch What Happens Live with Neve from from Catfish. I know, and I at that time was like. Terrence Ian Summerholder has to get on because it's such a fun, it's just like him making this face where he just looks exactly like Ian Summerholder does when he's on like a red carpet. And it was like, it truly like the, to me, like it still is like one of my favorite things that Taryn does. And what I truly think one of the funniest things. So at that time, I was just really hoping that would get on. And then Neve and Ian Summerholder were on Watch What Happens Live. And we had just on SNL done some kind of catfish parody and it got brought up on watch what happens live and ian summerholder would kept like turning to neve and being like wow they they parodied you on snl that's so cool that's awesome that's like really like you could tell that ian summerholder so wanted to be parodied and i was so like wanting to like you know jump into the tv screen and say ian summerholder taryn does an incredible impression of you we just haven't been able to figure you know we haven't gotten it on but like if only you knew that you are impersonated and he probably listens to this podcast yeah um, so oh, definitely so he pro- will hear that or but if I- not the citizens of orange high will somehow channel their way to ian summerholder exactly exactly but it truly is like nobody makes me laugh more than this guy than this thanks, little buddy. guy right back at you and Jonah, you're, you're, we love you too. Oh, thanks, Taryn. Yeah, I mean, I wanted to say, I wanted to thank, you know, Taryn has been really supportive of me as well. Uh, he put one of my band's songs in Killing Gunther, his movie. So, you know, we have a song in, in like an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie, like a fight scene. I mean, how cool is that? I mean, the Bayer family, they're the friggin', they're the best. Oh, come on. Come on. Now, come Taryn, on. Is, is there something you'd like to do? Let's go to a commercial. Hacks is back for season three, and so is the official Hacks podcast. In each episode, Hacks creators Lucia and Yellow, Paul W. Downs, and Jen Statsky speak with cast and crew members to unpack the Emmy-winning comedy series. You'll hear Hannah Einbinder and Gene Smart speak to their on-screen dynamic, along with Hacks writer and actor Pat Regan, on how their improv experience helped them when shooting scenes and what it was like writing scripts for specific actors. You'll also hear from crew members like the costume designers on what it was like creating the world that Deborah and Ava inhabit. Hear stories from the show's writer's room, on-set antics, and more. Watch Hacks, streaming exclusively on Max, and listen to the official Hacks podcast on Max or wherever you get your podcasts. A new season of Bridgerton is here. And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. 
I'm your host, Gabrielle Collins, and this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Colin Bridgerton has returned from his travels abroad. Is betrothal written in the stars for The Eligible Bachelor? Meanwhile, the ton is reverberating with speculation of who holds Lady Whistledown's pen. We're discussing it all. I sit down with Nicola Coughlin, Luke Newton, Shonda Rhimes, and more to offer an exclusive peek behind the scenes of each episode of the new season. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. Thank you for taking the light, and you're going to shine it all over the world, and it makes me really happy. I never imagined that I would get the chance to carry this honor and help be a part of this legacy. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. And we're back. Okay. Now, Taryn, we're about to play a game with you. And I don't think that we have properly kind of thanked you. I know for you the, haven't. <laughs> for the fact that for both of the games we've been playing, Yes, Nostalgia and Nostalgia and Back to the Present is you. I'm the sound clip. Yeah, I'm the sound clip guy. Yeah. A- and Vanessa and, and Jonah, maybe you feel this. This is like a this is like a guilty confession I don't know if you have this, but this speaks to like my own vanity and ego. Yes. That anytime I listen to any podcast, any podcast with someone I know like very well or have worked with, part of me has some dumb expectation to be like, they're probably going to talk about me. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. And then when they don't, I go, that's fine. No, that's fine. No, it was an <laughs> organic conversation. It just didn't get there. But they, but they, it was similar but different where like the first episode here, I was like, I know what they're going to say or someone's going to recognize it. And then I was like, oh, no, they're playing it in post. But Bobby did listen to it and Bobby reached out and he he knew it was me. Well, also speaking of, of high professional sound clips on this show, the intro song, as soon as I heard it, I said, Jonah must have done this. And Jonah, here's my question for you. Sure. Is it? at all inspired by the theme song from Beverly Hills 90210. I think so. I think I worked on it with our producer, Doug, and he came up with the drums and the bass, and then I, I recorded the guitar melody. 
And I think we were we we're, we we're referencing um, like Saved by the Bell, maybe 90210, a lot of those like really melodic kind of over the top guitar bends and yeah. 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 It's great. Thank you. It does sound very 90210. Yeah, I actually really I actually just like before we had it totally figured out, I just basically just sat with that guitar tone and just played guitar for like a half hour and just sent oh, it to Doug. Awesome. I was like, maybe you can find something here. Um, so he was a very good sport about that. But it was really it was really fun making the song. So I'm glad you like it. It sounds great. Thank you. I like the ending where it goes. Yeah, that was taken out of probably an hour of me doing stuff like that. Yeah. Wow. What a yeah. talented family. Thank you so much. Thank oh you. Oh my God. Todd's somewhere busting buttons. I know that. The first Todd <laughs> is button. It's his Bursting. busting, not the first button, I bet. <laughs> oh, you know what? I actually have some first Todd news really quick. Okay. Todd Rundgren was recently inducted into the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame like last week. Uh-huh. And he <gasps> was, he didn't go, but Patty Smith accepted for him. And I thought maybe he was scared to go to Cleveland. <laughs> Um, like maybe he didn't want to show his face in Cleveland because he knew about the original Todd. And I almost actually reposted that article and wrote like Todd Rundgren's coward. Um, and then I was like, maybe people aren't really going to understand this. It's just going to make it look like insane. But, I, but yeah, that's so funny because we had said when we were recording, when we were in Cleveland over the summer, our dad had said like, maybe if I go to the rock and roll, like induction or whatever, I can meet him. And, you know, I, Todd Rundgren probably had the same thought of like, God, mm. if I go to Cleveland, maybe I'll re- meet Todd Bear. And that's... almost certainly, he said something like, I, "Like he didn't go because I can't find the quote." But he said something like, "He doesn't believe like rock music is like a popularity contest." He said he was like sort of like opposed to it uh, ideologically, which to me seems like a little bit of a cover. Yeah, Excuse. that seems he's got something to hide, and I think Excuse. it's that he's his name isn't really Todd. Yeah, Talk but I, yeah, yeah, like. Yeah, he just, he was like, Cleveland? Yeah, can't do it. Wow. That is huge. Yeah. That is huge. Well, Taryn, now we're going to play this game that we call Yes or Nostalgia. You obviously know of it. I like the sound of it. And if you like something that we bring up that's coming back from the past, you give it a Yes, Nostalgia. Nostalgia. If you don't like it, you give it a Nostalgia. Nostalgia. And we will do the same. And Jonah, would you like to introduce this first? Sure, this first? I can kick things off. Um, so the first thing on our nostalgia, nostalgia, um, and Taryn, here's the thing about this too. We know, like, you know, you're in the biz, your wife's yeah. in, the, in the biz, but you just got to be totally honest about this. You can't think Great. about how it's going to impact your career or anything Unders- like that. That's fair. All right. Okay. So first one is that '70s show spinoff, that '90s show. A little background. We all know the '70s show ran for eight seasons on Fox from '98 to 2006. Ashton launched a career as Ashton Kutcher, Mila Kunis, Topher Grace. So people, it's coming back as it was announced earlier this month as that '90s show, like its predecessor. It will take place in Wisconsin, set in 1995. Yeah, they haven't announced who the cast is. And uh, yeah, Taryn, what are your thoughts on that '90s show? We don't know when it's coming out, but it's it's going to happen. For me, for me, it's a yes-stalgia. Okay. For this reason, mostly. I love multicams. And I feel that that 70s show was a very good multicam. And Ted and, Ter- uh, Ted and Terry, oh, what's their last name? They're, they're SNL writers the, that created that 70s show. They're former SNL writers. I don't know why I'm blanking on their names. Now, here's my asterisk for it. Okay. Is that they did try a That 80s Show. Right. Yes. 
that was not as successful and not it didn't it didn't catch as much and i do have a theory about it and here's why i'm a yastalgia bonnie and terry turner thank you is that the 80s it as a as a decade as a definable satired and 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 uh parody decade it was so distinct that there wasn't anything novel to doing that like i feel like in 1991 or 92 they were already doing like throwback references to like flock of seagulls haircuts and hair right, metal right. there's such a distinct 80s vibe that it didn't feel fresh i don't feel that anybody has masterfully captured the essence of the 90s which does have its own very defining qualities and styles but are a bit more subdued i found that the 80s are quite broad and in your face and bright and big and the 90s was more subdued in coffee house and grunge and soft and big and pillowy. But I do feel that now being, what, 30 years out from it, like, it's the right time. Can I also, will you clarify for our listeners what multicam is? Certainly. So a multicam half hour comedy uh, is like your friends or your Seinfeld or How I Met Your Mother. And it's, and it's the comedies that kind of face cheat out to the fourth wall. It looks more like theater as opposed to a single cam, like your 30 rocks, your offices, your parks and rec, which is shot through coverage through tights, singles, double. So it's called multicam because they have, you shoot it on a soundstage and you have four big multi, you have four big cameras that are shooting at the same time. And it's rehearsed like, uh, like a theater production, like a play. And it's blocked that way, and then you perform it. And SNL is arguably shot in the multicam format. So, like a show you were on, like Scrubs. What is that? That's a single Scrubs cam? is a single camera. Okay, yeah. And usually there are laugh tracks. Laugh tracks are mostly on multicams. Correct. Well, and the reason that is is because, like, I Love Lucy, which is technically like the first multicam sitcom, situational comedy, and they say that Lucille Ball was like instrumental in coming up with the concept of using four cameras, which is interesting. I I don't know any specifics beyond that, but I do love it. it's like. I want to get out of here. Bring in three more cameras, and let's just shoot. Let's shoot it in one. But those lo- those multicam shows frequently have a live audience. Have an right. audience there, right? And so early on, the laughter you're hearing is the laughter of the people who are watching the show, as if it were a play. Now more and more, they use canned laughter, and certainly in the last two years. Did you guys hear about the pandemic? <laughs> yes. Mm. Okay. Good. Something okay, about it. I heard it's okay. something about so, it. So yeah, because of that thing. Obviously, people haven't been gathering to watch anything until until recently. Well, thank you for that explanation. So yeah. you're giving it a yes, Stalja. Yes. And Jonah, what about you? Um, I'm kind of torn. I mean, I, I, this is not really the show's fault. It just makes me feel incredibly old that, that this exists. So that, that I don't like. I, I do think, to Taryn's point, I do think the 90s are sort of the last definable like decade where there's like a definable style. I feel like it would be really hard to make a show about like the 2000s or the 2010s or something. Even I know we're closer to them, but it just feels like they're just like a hodgepodge of these other things from the past, like the 80s, 70s, 60s, 70s, 80s, 90s. Those feel more distinctive. So I think it makes sense. I can't see myself actually ever watching this show, but I can also see, you know, maybe people liking it. I, I guess I'll say... I'm just totally ambivalent about it. I'll give it a yes, Dalja, just because I'm like a super nice guy. But uh, 
I don't feel a strong, strong connection to it. It's a pity. Yes. It's a, it's pity, a pity. Yes. yes. It's a pity. Yes. Yeah. Vanessa, what about you? Well, I will say I'm very influenced by Taryn's opinions on um, media because he has usually strong opinions. So I'm I'm convinced because Taryn gives it a yesdalgia. I give it a yesdalgia. Okay. Thanks, wow. Guys. It, it'll all come down to casting, you know, but I, d- I just love the multicam format. I love live performance. It's, it's one of the things I loved most about being on Saturday Night Live is you're performing for a crowd, you know? Yes, totally. Now, Taryn, this next topic, the thing that's coming back, I'm I'm curious what you'll think of this. Cream Savers <laughs> is retur- are returning to shelves after 10 years. Now, if you're a candy lover, you may remember Cream Savers. They used to come in many different fruit, tropical, and dessert flavors um, before they were discontinued in 2011. But now they are bringing back the two most popular flavors, strawberries and cream and orange and cream. And they'll only be available at Big Lots stores um i guess that that started in september so about a month uh cream months ago. savers cream savers <laughs> do you remember cream savers were like um they were like werther's original candies kind of they were kind of like werther's originals hard candies except they were like a circle and they had like one flavor of fruit and cream like in a swirl cream savers why don't they just call them abstinence candies okay do you not remember them? I genuinely don't. And just the I've heard nothing since you first said cream savers. <laughs> and it's a real hard nostalgia for me. Wow. Okay. okay. Well, what if we read a statement from their parent company? Uh, yeah. That could change my mind. Okay. okay, let's hear it. Iconic Candy LLC. This long-anticipated revival comes during a time when consumers yearn for a return to simpler and happier times. And I don't new- <laughs> yearn for your cream. Thank you very much. <laughs> the newly returned Cream Savers candies are ready to fulfill that dream. The irresistible don't mix- fulfill <laughs> my yearning with your cream in candy form. <laughs> the irresistible mix of fresh fruit, swirled, and rich cream has always been and will always be uniquely Cream Savers candies. Oh, no. Nostalgia. Although I I will say like I I do love a big lots. When I grew up they used to be called pick and saves. And I loved it because if you did chores and you saved money, you could buy a toy chest of cho- of toys there. Like it was always a great place to get like little plastic army men and stuff at pick and save. Now big lots. I love those places, but I will not be shopping there for any cream shovers. <laughs> I this press release really made me think about the negotiations happening between uh I looked up who the Big Lot CEO is, Bruce Thorne, and <laughs> thinking like, okay, Bruce, we got cream savers on the line. They want to do an exclusive with Big Lots. Like, how can we nail this? Like, and just like it just seems so insane to me that like that was a whole like we got exclusivity Negotiation. on these. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, hey, listen. I can I can push some cream savers. Listen, Big Lots can push cream savers, but I don't want to be competing with any other marquee names. Who's going to stop them from going to a Thrifties or Rouse for a cream saver? I want them coming to Big Lots only. If you're diluting my cream saver supply, you give me no leg to stand on. I'm Bruce Thorne. Now, I will say... So, so Jonah, this seems, is this a yes or a no? Stall? This seems well, like Well, I know our producer Olivia really likes these candies. I, I don't really remember them super well. I mean, maybe if I found one on the ground that was already wrapped up, I would probably try it. But would With I no go to big holes? <laughs> no puncture holes. But would I drive to a big lots? 
to get an orange flavored cream saver, prob- probably I'm going to go nostalgia on this one, unfortunately. Okay, I will say I'm torn on this one because I do remember them from the 90s. They're so, I mean, I know that they were discontinued in 2011, but to me, I really associate them with like being in high school. Like they were so popular. Um, But it was the kind of thing where like you would want like a Werther's or something and then you would get a cream saver and you'd be like, okay. And you'd like eat it and it's kind of fine. But they're not something that I'd ever like seek out. And again, I know our producer Olivia really loves them, but I feel about them. And, and I hope this isn't, a, I, I don't, I don't mean to burn this band too badly, but I feel about them like the same way that I f- would feel about like Sugar Ray, where like if Sugar Ray was on the radio, I'd be like, okay, I'll listen to it. But I'd never be like, do you have the newest Sugar Ray album? Like, you know what I mean? Like, so I, again, I, I didn't mean to just bring in a band and, and, you know, talk, talk crap about them. But the point is, I would never go like, mom, here's the, make here's sure the difference. you, yeah. Sugar Ray is spelled S-U-G-A-R-R-A-Y. Okay. Cream Savers is spelled C R E M E S A B E R S. Yeah, bugs you, huh? Creme Savers. <laughs> don't go fancy on me at Big Lots. You're not. Don't. You're not pulling that wool over this wolf's eyes. I is could see Bruce Th- Bruce Thorne being like, "We got to get the exclusive new Sugar Ray album only at Big Lots," <laughs> and I could see Sugar Ray being like, at this point, like, sure. You know, whatever it takes. There could be some kind of cross promotion where it's like, like sugar, (laughs) check out Sugar Ray and Cream Savers exclusively at Big Lots. Hey, if I know anything about Sugar Ray, they are not Cream Savers. (laughs) Okay. I'm going to give it a nostalgia now because I... (laughs) Another thing that you haven't done yet, Vanessa, which has kind of become your catchphrase on this show, which I find hilariously ironic, is very cool. Okay. Very cool has become your catchphrase on this show. Like, very cool. And it's hilarious because you did Miley Ray Cyrus on SNL, uh, which was pretty cool. It's pretty cool. Yeah. Pretty cool. Very cool. I guess very I've cool. become a parody of myself. <laughs> it happens to us all at some point, Vanessa. Uh, so our last our last uh, Yesdalgia Nostalgia is, uh, this is one Vanessa found, which okay. I'm missing for the first time. So maybe Vanessa, you can do this one. This is 90s scented Play-Doh for adults. Now, Play-Doh for adults came out, uh, you know, a little while back, uh, about a year ago, and it sold out on Amazon in 24 hours, Play-Doh for adults. Look, Greg Lombardo, Hasbro's VP of Global Brand Strategy, pointed to Play-Doh's appeal beyond kids when he said, we use it in meetings all the time. We put out a few cans and it helps with the process of creation. I don't know if people really grow out of Play-Doh, said from a true you know, guy who wants to sell Play-Doh. But- yeah, no, 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 no ulterior motive there. <laughs> yeah. The guy's but selling this, it. But what's coming out is 90s scented, 90s scented Play-Doh. And, and so listen to this. Think the 90s are over? Like, as if, the product description reads, we've totally brought back the best of the decade in this hilariously giftable six-pack of scented adult Play-Doh compound. Now, inside, you'll find riffs on 90s favorites, and these are the flavors that they have. Eau de Boy Band, VHS Rental and Chill, Pump Up the Jams, Jams, the Z at the end of Jams, Dial Up Delight, Mall Food Court, and Flannel Fresh which Hasbro says will bring back some of your favorite 90s memories. What do you think? I'm intrigued, but I would have to try it first. Because, like, 
I like I like the ambition of it, and I like it's not at all what I thought it was from the name. I thought it was like we did orange grape lemon from the '90s, and we're bringing that back. Yeah. And then my second guess was like, is it '90 flavors? And it wasn't that. It was, it, but it's literally like concepts of the '90s in flavor form, which is kind of a cool, bold thing. Like, oh wow, I don't. How, how'd you think of that? But I think it'd be a very quick nostalgia if I lift it up and just go, oh, that's just vanilla. Right. Right. You know what which, I mean? Like, yeah. So is there a a nostalgia? <laughs> uh, uh, may nostalgia? I don't know. I think in concept. I, I think to give it just from giving it a tra- a chance, I'll go yes, nostalgia. Okay. Okay, Vanessa. Yeah. What about you? Well, I've 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 said this before. The only the only scent that brings me back to the 90s is CK1 because I wore it to every bar and bat mitzvah in seventh grade. And so I don't know that I would... Vanilla is actually a very 90s scent. Like it really does remind... because every And like White Musk from the White body musk. shop. That's oh, what man. everybody God. would get. So I guess there are certain things, but I just don't know that there's like universal 90s scents that would really remind me of the 90s. I, I would have to smell them. So I'm going to give it a maybe nostalgia too because i just i don't know if they can pull it off in a way that would actually remind me of the 90s that would be incredible yeah um but also i have so much stuff in my house like where am i gonna put it i'm gonna have play-doh now but the vcr one i was like oh yeah there is a smell to a vcr tape like a metallic kind of chemically yeah so if they can if they can master that that's pretty cool and i guess very cool and pretty cool. I guess that like this point of these isn't necessarily for them to be pleasant smells. It's just for mm. them to be smells that bring you back to the 90s. Right. Yeah. Jonah? Right, Jonah, what do you think? I have a kind of like more thoughts on this than I thought I would. I mean, <laughs> I feel like, you know, obviously like I'm thinking of this more from like a business perspective, I guess. But obviously okay. they're like, okay. Smart. Uh, Play-Doh, adult Play-Doh. Okay, like what's what's cool? What's cool? Nostalgia. The '90s are back. What do we do? Okay, we make like '90s nostalgia Play-Doh, and then the Greg Lombardo comes in. Um, you know this hot shot of Hasbro, and you know <laughs> he's uh, it to me. It just it feels like hypocritical being like nostalgia is trendy when we're doing basically a nostalgia podcast. I feel like I can't be too critical of that, right? But but I feel like this thing of him like saying like. We use this in meetings. I don't think it'll grow out. Like, this is so cool. It's like, there's no way that you, these Hasbro executives are sitting around meetings being like, can you pass that Play-Doh? Like, these guys are probably talking about their stock <laughs> options. They're talking about, you know, like, to They're me, it's just, around. there's something very disingenuine about this whole, like, this whole vibe of this thing. It seems like, what's popular? How do we get our our product in there? And then, like, let's make up some stuff about how it's relevant. I don't know. What do you guys think about my take on it? I think That's you've fair. got a good take on it of that guy, like um, the idea of Greg. I keep seeing the idea of Greg Lombardo, like going into a conference room and like throwing a thing of Play-Doh to like a, another person sitting at the conference <laughs> table and being like, we need to get sales up. Uh, Bart, think fast. <laughs> and like, throw, throwing Play-Doh. <laughs> and just like, be and like, you know, and like, uh, let, let's, let's, uh, you guys, we got we got to think on this, uh, and then like throwing the play doh around to like whoever talks. <laughs> More like, what's the situation where it works? You know what I mean? Like like Heather, 
Heather, who's like a, a junior exec and trying to work her way up, just like needing some purple Play-Doh in the corner. And she's like, guys, guys, hold on a second. Look at what this looks like. Doesn't this look like a VCR? What if we could get this purple Play-Doh to smell like a VCR? And then they're like, Heather, And they lose their minds. They just go like, Heather. Heather, 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 Heather. And then Greg Lombardo goes, well, I guess Hasbro's got a new hot shot. And he goes, Heather, why don't you, why don't you uh, take that office in the corner? It's yours now. Let the river Let the run. run. Let all your dreams <laughs> go and you don't have to call me by that name. Call me by my first name and I'll fetch my own coffee. We're referencing Working Girl. Wow. Well, Darren. <laughs> Jonah, what were you or maybe nostalgia? Oh, uh, I'm, I'm saying nostalgia just based Hard on no. just Greg's whole attitude and just the pandering vibe of this. <laughs> okay. Too much Greg, dude. Then. I want. I liked the song. And Taryn, thank you so much for being on the podcast. Is there anything that you? Where can people find you that want to find you? I will be at Vanessa Bayer's 40th birthday party next weekend. Come check it out. Uh, I'll be at my own 40th birthday party up in San Inez, uh, April 25th, 26th. Come check that, too. Invites to come shortly. I did a thing on Crime Story that was very fun, and it was nice of them to let me be on that. And I'm going to be in the holiday special episode of Mr. Mayor, starring fan and friend of uh, How Did We Get Weird podcast, Bobby Moynihan. Wow. Oh my gosh. Everyone is going to be... Tune in for that. Tune yeah. in for that. Well, that was really fun, Vanessa and Taryn. Thank you so much, Darren, for coming by. Um, if you enjoyed that as a listener, please subscribe to the podcast and keep an eye out for next week's episode of How Did We Get Weird, where we will discuss more stories from our childhood and cultural milestones like our childhood birthday parties. And all those things. Hey. Karen, you should just come back every week. I would love it. I love you guys. I'll hang with you anytime. We'll, we'll look forward to having you back as soon as I possibly can. Even though I'm technically the first guest you ever had, I would love to be the first official return guest. Yes. Sorry, we can use your first podcast, but this one's even better. <laughs> diabetes just got easier. The powerful new Dexcom G7 lets you see your glucose numbers on your compatible watch and phone without finger sticks. And because Dexcom G7 is the most accurate CGM system, you can be confident in your food, exercise, and medication decisions. And all those decisions can lead to big results like more time in range and lower A1C. Get started at Dexcom.com. Dexcom data on file 2023. If your glucose alerts and readings for the G7 do not match symptoms or expectations, use a blood glucose meter to make diabetes treatment decisions. For a list of compatible devices, visit Dexcom.com slash compatibility. A new season of Bridgerton is here. 
And with it, a new season of Bridgerton, the official podcast. I'm your host, Gabby Collins. And this season, we are bringing fans even deeper into the ton. Watch season three of the Shondaland series on Netflix. Then fall in love all over again by listening to Bridgerton, the official podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Subscribe to catch a new episode every Thursday. Bring a little optimism into your life with The Bright Side, a new kind of daily podcast from Hello Sunshine, hosted by me, Danielle Robay, and me, Simone Boyce. Every weekday, we're bringing you conversations about culture, the latest trends, inspiration, and so much more. I am so excited about this podcast, The Bright Side. You guys are giving people a chance to shine a light on their lives, shine a light on a little advice that they want to share. Listen to The Bright Side on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Open your free iHeart app and search The Bright Side. Hi, listener. I'm Carol Fisher, the host of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister. I'm so excited for you to hear the brand new season where we're uncovering a 35-year-old mystery. But for those of you who didn't hear season one or just want to listen to it again, you can now get access to all episodes of that first season of The Girlfriends 100% ad-free through the iHeart True Crime Plus subscription, which is available exclusively on Apple Podcasts. You'll also get access to every single episode of The Girlfriends, Our Lost Sister, ad-free and one week early, only available to iHeart True Crime Plus subscribers. So what are you waiting for? Head to Apple Podcasts, search for iHeart True Crime Plus, and subscribe today. 